would please, Judges chapter 6. I want to talk about a promise of God today that will help you face whatever you might be facing today or whatever you might be facing in the future. You know, the Bible is full of promises. I remember as a kid growing up, we sang a song, every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line, I am trusting in his love divine. Every promise in the book is mine. And those promises of God sometimes are the only thing that keep us anchored in these crazy times we live. Can you say amen? I have found one of the secrets to a promise-filled life is to have a good memory. That's why sometimes it's important to write things down and journal things down. Because you'll find yourself sometimes in this in-between kind of seasons where you know that God is going to come through for you, but you're not quite there yet. And you begin to kind of wonder in the wilderness. You can always look back and say, but I remember that God was faithful back in 1993 or 2008 or whatever it might be. You can look back. That's why in the Old Testament, time and time again, God said to the Israelites, teach these things to your children and your grandchildren. Write them down so they don't forget God's faithfulness. It's good to look back. A few years ago, our church was fractured. We were going through some difficult times. Uh, our staff was, was really hurting at the time. And out of the blue, we receive an email from our global partner, Larissa Dobson, who is in Asia at the time, really has no clue what's going on in Wenatchee, Washington, but was used prophetically of the Lord. And I want to thank you. I've thanked you in the past, but I want to thank you publicly for being obedient to the Holy Spirit. She sent an email to me and to our staff that was like a lifeline for us at that very moment, reminding us of God's faithfulness, reminding us that we can make it through the storm because we serve a God who has promised never to leave us, never to forsake us. It's important, as we remember God's faithfulness in the past, to look forward to the future with joyful expectation. You might be in transition right now, not knowing what the future is going to look like, but you can be joyfully expecting good things because you recalled what God has done for you in the past. One of my favorite promises in the Bible is Psalm chapter 145 that simply says, The Lord is near to all who call on him. I am so glad when I call on the Lord, he is near. That's a promise I want us to consider today out of the book of Judges. A guy by the name of Gideon, some of you might be familiar with him. You know, most of us are aware that God is everywhere but sometimes it's hard for us to realize he's not just everywhere. He is with us. If you've asked Jesus Christ in your heart, Romans says the Holy Spirit of God lives within you. So wherever you are, God's there. Think about that for a moment. You don't have to come to church. You don't have to turn on K-Love. You don't have to call your prayer partner. Those are all good tools. But the fact is, no matter where you are, no matter how you're feeling, the promise of God is he is with you. 
And that promise brings you into the presence of God where you experience victory. During worship, Bethany Morgan had a a word from the Lord that we find our victory in his presence. And I thought, man, that goes right along with my sermon today. If you want to have victory in your life, quit watching CNN. Quit watching Fox. I'm serious, friends. Boy, you fill your mind with all the troubles of the world and all the polarization of our society, you'll never have victory. Instead, soak up the word of God. Soak up worship songs exalting Jesus. Soak up the presence of God and you can walk in victory even in troubled times. Now today we're going to look at a story, Judges 6. I hope you found it. It's right after Judges 5, right before Judges 7. It's about uh, Gideon in his early days. Now later on, after this story, he becomes a judge. That's why this is in the book of Judges. It talks about the time of Israel where there were uh, judges that were assigned. And we know that Gideon actually became one of the greatest judges of that era. But it's surprising because he often came across timid. And we'll see that in our text this morning. What makes the difference in Gideon's life between this timid guy and one of the greatest judges of Israel, it was that he found the presence of God. And that's my heart cry for you today, is that you will find the presence of God and you will find victory. You'll find joy. Judges chapter 6, verse 11. Judges 6, 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak, under the oak tree in Ophrah. Not Oprah. Ophrah, that belonged to Joash, the Abiezrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. The Midianites were the enemies. They're the bad guys. They had the black hat on, okay? When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you. Mighty warrior. That's a word for some of you today. Some of you watching online. The Lord is with you. And because the Lord is with you, you can be a mighty warrior. You might not feel like a mighty warrior. You might feel like just a a timid believer. But with God on your side, you can become a mighty warrior as well. Gideon replied, recorded in verse 13, Pardon me, Lord? (laughs) I love this. Excuse me, Lord? If the Lord's with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to Gideon and said, go in the strength that you have. And save Israel out of Midian's hand. I am, not, am, I, am I not sending you? <laughs> Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. And the Lord answered, here it is, here's the promise. I will be with you. The presence of God. 
and you'll strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. And Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it's really you talking to me. Please don't go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, okay, I'll wait until you return. Gideon went inside, prepared a young goat from an ephah of flour. He made bread without yeast, putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot. He brought them out and offered them to him under the oak tree. And the angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. Obedience is always essential if you want to walk in victory. If God's told you to do something and you haven't done it yet, you're going to have trouble finding victory and joy. You need to be obedient as Gideon was. Verse 21 says, Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of the staff that was in his hand, and fire flared from the rock. Reminds me one time I went to some restaurant. It was like... um, Oh, like the Rainforest Cafe, you know, and they had a dessert that comes, and they light the sparkler, you know, and the waiter comes, and all of a sudden, there's this fire jumping out of your ice cream sundae. I thought about that. Here, this angel appeared, and he's got a tip of a staff, and he, he puts it on the bread and the, and the meat, and it says fire flared, but it was from the rock. Notice that. From the rock, the source is your relationship with God. See, the fire doesn't come from all the secondary things. As Angela said, it's from a personal relationship with Jesus. And if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, today's the day to do it. That's where your victory starts. Fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord <laughs> disappeared. Uh, let's take a look at the story a little bit. Uh, the background, again, I mentioned it's during Israel's history where there's judges. That means there's no king. There's just judges. There's no centralized government of any kind. It's almost like there's 12 independent nations or states. They were tribes. So there's 12 independent tribes Basically a confederacy, united really only in their faith of the God of Abraham. And for a number of years, they were very nomadic. And in that group were the Midianites. The Midianites were not part of the 12 tribes of Israel, but they had been invading Israel for a period of time, individually and collectively, depleting all their supplies. To the extent that the Jewish people, some Israelites, were seeking refuge in caves where they could thresh their grain in secret. So the Midianites couldn't see them. See, that was in our text. And that's what Gideon was doing. Verse 12 says, the angel appeared to Gideon as he's in the cage threshing in secrecy because he didn't want to be seen by the Midianites. And he said, the Lord is with you mighty warrior. And then he told Gideon that he would be the one to bring Israel to victory against the Midianites. (laughs) And Gideon had his doubts. (laughs) 
Absolutely. But the Lord reassured him, hey, it's not you. It's my presence going with you. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by knowledge or skill set or talent or good looks. It's by the Spirit of God. And I want you to know that what's true in Gideon's case is also true in your case and my case. God is with us. Man, remember right before he ascended to heaven? Well, you don't remember. You weren't there. But you read about it, right? You've read about it. Right after the resurrection, before he ascended, it's found in Matthew chapter 28. And he says, remember this, I am with you always. I can paraphrase that safely by saying I'm with you every day, even to the end of time. God's with you, friends. God's with you. In the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 13, 5, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Man, you can count on this promise of God. Now, it might not be something you can always feel. You might not feel like God's with you. You may be like Gideon and say, well, God, if you're with us, how come all these things are happening? Come on, we've all had those questions. Why do the mass shootings continue? Why do the politicians continue to lie to us and bully the opposition? You know? Why do we have so many mosquitoes down at Confluence Park? Come on, Lord, if you're with us, why, why, why? It's not always something you can feel or see, but it's something you can know because you can trust the Word of God. Can you say amen today? You can trust the Word of God. Experiencing God's presence on a daily basis is really something that we choose to do. And that's what I want to talk about today. It's a decision you make. You wake up in the morning, you acknowledge God's with me, with me, so it's going to be a wonderful day. It's going to be a great day. God's with me. It's a habit you need to develop if you want to walk in victory. There's three permissions that I see Gideon had in this encounter, and I want to give to us this morning. Three permissions. And the first is, it's okay to wonder why. Sometimes when you ask yourself why, you think, well, I'm not very much of a person of faith. I should just accept it. It's okay to, it's okay to ask why. The angel came to Gideon and said, the Lord's with you. And what did Gideon say? He said, well, excuse me? If God's with us, how come all these things are happening? How come we're suffering? Where are all these miracles that we've heard about? If you look around you, it almost looks like God's abandoned you. But remember, that's false. That's false evidence. You can acknowledge facts, but facts never outweigh the truth of God. Amen. It's okay to ask why. Sometimes you and I ask the same kind of questions. Maybe on a spiritual level, maybe on a cultural level. And we think, man, if God is really with us, why is everything such a mess? And notice the angel didn't chastise Gideon. And the Holy Spirit will not chastise you either if you are coming with a sincere heart. But also, I want you to notice 
the angel did not answer Gideon's question. No answer. Instead of the answer, he gives Gideon what we call maybe a what next. He said, hey, you're about to deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Always be ready to hear the next instruction that God gives you. You need to step out. It's okay to ask why, but I want you to know that the most often response will be in the form of God telling you what he is expecting you to do. In other words, God's going to say, well, here's the action that I want you to take right now so that you can experience my presence. Several weeks ago, I wrote a blog. It was after one of the mass shootings. And I hope you try to keep up to my weekly blog because it's really where I share my pastor's heart with you as a congregation. And it posts every, every Thursday morning. But I talked about how we have all these why questions, but the important thing for us to realize is not that we have to know the why, it's the who. It's the who. We need to be focused on the who. And the who is God. The who is the presence of the Lord. So it's okay to ask God, you know, if, if you don't understand something, but just be ready for him to reply, well, you know what? <laughs> I was just about to ask you to take this step. Angel could have said to Gideon, you want to know why this is happening? And he could have started chastising him. The people have rebelled. Israel had done evil in God's sight. He could have said, you're going through this because you brought it on yourselves. Consequences of their previous actions. But isn't it wonderful? It shows God's love and God's mercy and God's grace. God's not here to beat us up. God's here to build us up. And in rather than dwelling on Israel's misdeeds of the past, the angel just said, here's what you need to do. It's okay to wonder why, friends, but understand the response to your question will often be an invitation for you to take action. The second permission we need to give ourselves is it's okay to question even your qualifications. After getting an ask, you know, uh, why the things were the way they are, the Bible says in verse number 14 here that the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have. It doesn't say wait until you have the strength that you think you need. Go in the strength you have. So many of us say, oh, Lord, we would do these wonderful things for you if we just had this, 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 and this. And God says, no, you go in the strength that you have, what I've given you, and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? It's another way of thinking about the New Testament and the verse that says, if God be for you, who can be against you? You know, God plus one's a majority. That's an old cliche, but it's still true. And God here 
understood that Gideon was going to question his qualifications, say, well, how, how could it be me, Lord? My family is the very least of the entire tribe, and if you look at my family, I'm the very least of the family. And God responds in verse number 16, I will be with you. Listen, friends, whatever you're going through, if you tap in to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, if you absorb yourself in his word, he'll be with you no matter what you're facing. Man, the truth is Gideon was right where God wanted him to be. And you're right where God wants you to be. And that is where you're not counting on your own credentials. See, if you think you can do it on your own, you're in trouble already. You need to be broken before God, undone before God. Will you say, God, there is not a chance in the world I can do this without your intercession and your help. Because God always calls us above our abilities so that we are forced to rely upon his ability. He calls us to do more than we're capable of doing. I'm sure if you had time to sit down with Larissa and Paul and they were able to share some of the things that God is doing through them right now, they would tell you, man, eight, nine years ago, we didn't have a clue. We didn't ever expect God to use us in this way this dynamics. But you just make yourself available. God calls us beyond our own ability. Oh, true of Moses. Remember Moses? He thought the calling of God on his life was beyond his reach. it's, It's just the way God works. I knew the call of God to be a pastor was beyond my reach, and I had a speech impediment. Man, my first grade class couldn't understand me. I had all sorts of things against me. When God called me to ministry, how could this be, God? But you focus on what God's asking you to do. And you find the strength and you find the anointing and you find the victory as you walk in obedience with God. It's true for you. Wherever God's calling you, wherever he's leading you, he's going to be with you. And it's his presence that's going to make the difference. It's his power that's going to make the difference. Third permission. It's okay to ask God to confirm his word. Now, I'm not a big one in saying every time you hear from God, you should go out and put out fleeces. Because I think sometimes there just needs to be an element of faith that you just do it because God told you to do it. You know what I'm saying? But I want to be true to the word. I always try to preach the word. And it's in the word. After Gideon was told, hey, it's okay. I'm with you. You're going to go. You're going to defeat Midian. And Gideon says, how am I going to do that? I don't have what it takes. And God says, it's okay. Just use the strength you have. I'm with you. And still, he said, "Um, could you give me a sign? (laughs) I love Gideon because I can relate to him. You know? Gideon takes some rather elaborate steps here. 
he leaves with this angel waiting. I'm not sure if an angel appeared to me. I'd say, hey, could you wait right here while I go take care of this? He leaves the angel waiting. He goes back to the house and he roasts a goat. Now, how long do you think it's going to take to roast a goat? No microwave, no oven. He roasts a goat and he bakes some bread. And he comes back and the angel does indeed give him a sign that everything he says is true. He touches the food, and it's consumed with fire, and it goes up in smoke. And Gideon goes, whoa, okay, God, it really must be you. And then he begins thinking about it and reasoning things out. And this is where we always get ourselves in trouble. It's better when you know God's spoken to you just to do it now. Strike when the iron's hot. Because if you start reasoning things out when you start leaning on your own understanding, and that's what Gideon did, and so he asked for a second confirmation. Again, this story shows God's grace. I know God has graced me in my life. This confirmation, he placed a fleece, which was like a piece of wool on the ground, and he prayed to God saying, if you'll use me to deliver Israel from the Midianites, take this fleece, I'm laying it on the ground. Tomorrow, may this fleece be covered in dew, but all the ground around it not covered in dew. And of course, God honors him. And then he, for the third time, wants another confirmation. Sometimes when we are taking a big step of faith, I think it's okay to ask God to confirm it. We need to be sure that we've truly heard the voice of God and not the path that we want or the path someone else says is best for us. And in receiving confirmation, we have options, though, that Gideon didn't. And I want to end with this because this is really important. See, Gideon didn't have the word of God like we do. For about a week, I've been wrestling with a decision that I needed to make. It was a personal decision. Um, And I I just said, Lord, I I really need to hear from you. That's interesting. I went into our Thursday morning Bible study, and Mike gave us our handouts. And the first thing on the handout was a scripture from God's word. And it was like it was highlighted. It really wasn't. God spoke to me so clearly. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind what God wanted me to do when I read that scripture. And it was a safe confirmation. It was the word of God. It wasn't Mike telling me something. It wasn't something subjective. It was the scripture itself. The word of God is the best confirmation you and I can ask for. So when you're talking about, well, putting out fleeces, I want you first and foremost to always make the word your fleece. Say, does this agree with the word? It's okay to ask for confirmation. It's okay to say, God, I want to step out in faith. God's also given us godly counsel. I dearly love the eight board members that serve as our board of directors, our deacons. Love to ask them their heart on issues. 
because there's safety in the multitude of counselors who also know the word, who also are hearing from the Holy Spirit. Believe me, I always feel much better walking out on the limb when I know there's eight other people out there with me saying, yeah, this is where God wants us to be. That's a lot better than being on the limb and having the other guys on the ground saying, well, we'll see how that works out for you, Jerry. You know? <laughs> hey, I need to wrap this up because Larissa's here, and I've asked her to take eight, nine minutes and share with us what God's doing. Uh, but before we introduce Larissa, I just want to to wrap this thing up by saying the idea that it's okay to wonder why and the idea to question your qualifications and even the idea of asking God to confirm something is all okay. It's biblical. Gideon did it. But here's the thing I want you to remember. God is with you always. And that's a promise that should give you such courage as you move into tomorrow, as you move into August, as we move into 2023. Remember what the angel said to Gideon? He didn't just say the Lord's with you. There was a comma there. He said the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. That's what he called Gideon. This timid young man, the least in the family, that was the least of the tribe, who's currently hiding out in a cave in secret for fear of the Midianites, was called a mighty warrior. Why was that? Because God was not speaking to Gideon's present. He was speaking to his future. God spoke to Gideon's future, not his past, not his present. He spoke to the man Gideon would become. Just like when Jesus spoke to Simon Peter, who bragged, I'll never forsake you, Lord. Not me. And then three times denied the Lord. That's the same Simon Peter that Jesus called the rock. And he called him the rock, the head of the church, not because of Peter's past or Peter's present, but because God was with him and he knew of Peter's future. And that's what I'm saying to you today. The presence of the Lord in your life is going to bring the best out of you. When God's with you, he'll give you the power to do what needs to be done. He'll give you the ability to move beyond your limitations. And when you lack certainty, he'll give you the certainty that you need. So I want you to pause this week. Look down at where your feet are planted and remind yourself, God's with me. In the orchard, in the kitchen, in the classroom, in the yard, in the hospital, wherever you are, you can be assured God is with you and his presence in your life will lead you to the future that he's planned. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the example of Gideon. And I pray, God, that you will take this simple message today 
And that, Lord, that you would apply to every person's life that's here, every person who is watching online, that they will truly know that you are a God who's promised never to leave them nor forsake them. That you are a God whose power and presence will assure them peace and joy and victory in the days ahead as they walk with you in obedience. In Jesus' name, amen.